The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome to the show once again, everyone. Glad to have you along. Glad today. It's been a little while since I had the opportunity, but Eric Ryder is our producer, and he is going to be going full throttle along with me as we cruise to Ely, Nevada. Ely, Nevada, an extraordinary place in northeastern Nevada, and the Battleborn State, what a history. And today we're going to visit the Nevada Northern Railway Museum. We'll be speaking with the president of that museum, a gentleman by the name of Mark Bassett. He has so much to tell about the area, about the history of the railway, about the locomotives, about the museum itself. We have a lot to work into, a lot of coal to shovel, you might say, and put out a lot of steam, and it's going to be fun. This is American Road Trip Talk. We're on our way to Ely right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, Alert Drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get Alert Drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. The Nevada Northern Railway Museum. Here's some things you need to know before we even talk to our guest. He has so much more to relate. The Nevada Northern Railway Museum is located in the mountains of central Nevada, 245 miles north of Las Vegas, 245 miles southwest of Salt Lake City, 300 miles east of Reno. It's a historic passenger railroad featuring train rides pulled by century-old steam engines. The museum also offers hundreds of hands-on history events year-round for rail fans, explorers, historians, adventurers, and tourists who get to Ely on their way to and from elsewhere. It's a registered National Historic Landmark. We are fortunate to talk to the president of the Railway Museum, Mr. Mark Bassett. Mark, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for asking. Well, I'm delighted to have you with us, and I have to admit that even though more than a few times I have driven the loneliest highway in America, and it definitely earns that designation, you get to, if you're into gazing at your navel, make sure you keep your eyes on the road, but you're you're pretty lonely out there, except for the gorgeous scenery and the places, if you know about them, where you can stop and relive the glory of American history, particularly the history of the West, of Nevada. And here you are, president of, of the museum. Please tell us about your role there, aside from the title of president, and what got you into the very culture and the town, the heart of Ely, Nevada. That loneliness that you mentioned 
is actually one of our attributes. Uh, we are very remote. We're 240 miles from the nearest city, or as we like to say, 200 miles from the nearest Walmart. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it is our remoteness that uh, preserved us. The, the railroad was built starting in 1905. It came to town in 1906. It serviced the copper mines until 1983 when the copper industry shut down here and they were the major employer. And when they shut down and left, the community became very scared because the economic generator had left. And they went to the copper company and said, hey, you run tourist trains for us because you still have one of the steam locomotives and the passenger car. And the copper company said, no, we don't do that. And so to give credit to the community, they went back to the copper company and said, you know what? You're not going to be using the railroad anymore. Why don't you just give it to us? And oddly enough, this is an excellent example of be careful what you wish for because you just <laughs> might get it. And they did. The uh, Kennecott Copper Corporation transferred the entire railroad to the city of Ely and the foundation of which I'm the president of. And it consists of 56 acres with 60 buildings and structures on it, along with uh, the 30 miles of the original track. And it's essentially a small city. And it's the same today as it was constructed basically back at the turn of the last century. And Ely itself, Mark, is known for one of the most uh, famous people of her generation. Ely produced an eventual first lady, I understand. That's correct. Pat Nixon was born here uh, in Ely. Her uh, father was a miner. And uh, miners chase, you know, the next mining dream. And uh, she was born here. She didn't stay here long because her dad went to chase off the next dream. And I just want to duck this in. Two things. First of all, former President Richard Nixon regarded his wife, Pat, as a coal miner's daughter in the truest sense of the term. So there's that. Also, I'm very proud of my hometown. I grew up in Fullerton, California. Pat Ryan, who later would become Pat Nixon, of course, went to school at Fullerton College, which happens to be across the street from where my dad taught high school for over 30 years. So that whole tradition of Pat Ryan becoming Pat Nixon and from Ely, Nevada, even at that remove, we're proud of Pat and proud of Ely for producing that lovely lady, a first lady. But back to the trains. Now that the museum, the railway, it's just an extraordinary experience. And, you know, Mark, I get the feeling that if people go there as a destination, they will be amply rewarded. The loneliness of the highway gives way to the beauty of those mountains, the independence, the ruggedness of them, and these wonderful workhorse machines that serve so well for such a long time. As the museum developed and these locomotives were available, what was the creative inspiration to create this place that is in and of itself a destination worthy of anybody's visit, no matter where you come from, any place in the country? The inspiration is we're a throwback to a different time. We're a throwback to a period of time in American history when we just did it. it uh, you know, you have difficulties, you have a challenge, fine. 
what are you going to do to solve that difficulty or solve that challenge? And it's something that we face here on a daily basis. We uh, have four of the original steam locomotives as part of our collection. Our oldest steam locomotive was built in 1909 and was delivered here in January of that year. And quite frankly, that locomotive, I consider it the luckiest locomotive in the country because it should be razor blades, uh, but it kept getting saved and it has gone through rather traumatic experiences. It was involved in an accident that heavily damaged it. And here in this small remote town, they, they repaired it and put it back into service. Uh, we brought in one of her sister locomotives that had been sitting outside for 30 years, and we restored her back to service, too. And Locomotive 40, which is now undergoing her federally mandated boiler inspection, uh, was delivered here in July of 1910, and she is the official locomotive of the great state of Nevada. But as we do the boiler inspection, we are also taking care of issues on her that date back to 1924, and that is her axles. Her axles, after 98 years, hard to believe, are worn out. And so as part of this boiler inspection, we're also going to be repairing her running gear. And so these are skills that are uncommon. And so we are constantly training the next generation in how to do this work to keep these marvelous machines operating. And attracting more and more people by the generation. That's a great strategy, Mark. It really is. So there you are, 300 miles east of Reno. I lived in Nevada in Las Vegas for five years back in the mid to late 80s. You know, it's one of those things. And I, I just sort of kick myself sometimes, Mark. I mean, it was there the whole time. I didn't make the trip up there because Nevada, like other states, you know, it's a, it's a state of mind. Yes, but it's different states in one. Lots of land there and a preponderance of it is managed by the federal government. But you have these wonderful places where once you've been to Las Vegas, what else is there? Well, there's plenty. You know, you go up to Reno, yes, you're getting a smaller version, much the same. But if you're going away from Nevada, headed through those central mountains and into Ely, you're going to go to a place where you can stop and, as you have already alluded, visit the past. When you get to the Nevada Northern Railway Museum, I'm astonished, having gone to your website a few times already, just preparing for this show, what you have to offer is a year-round adventure for people who can become immersed in the experience as they travel back in time. I think that's special. It is. It's very special. And it, it's been said that uh, the Nevada Northern Railway is like the workers went to lunch and just never came back again. Mm. And uh, down in, I think when a person first comes to the railroad, we are a national historic landmark, which is the highest level of recognition the federal government can bestow on a historic site. That puts us up with the United States Capitol Building, Independence Hall. And the reason we're there is because of our completeness. We not only have the original locomotives, the original buildings, the original cars, but we also have the paper record. Uh, we have memos that go back to 
uh, the start of the railroad in 1905. And, and these are still in our archives that we are actually uh, scanning and putting on our uh, online archive site. So you can go back and, and research this and uh, see what it was. But one of the things, you know, we are a nonprofit and people think, oh, a nonprofit, eh, they're okay. Well, nonprofits have bills just like everyone else. And uh, we do have paid employees and they enjoy getting a check. And, uh, you know, the electric company wants the lights paid and the whole bit. So we've created opportunities for people that are just not available anywhere else. I, I think our number one opportunity is what we call the Be the Engineer Experience, where you can actually come to the Nevada Northern Railway and actually operate one of our steam locomotives or one of our diesel locomotives on a 14 mile round trip out on the railroad main line. And if you do the steam locomotive, you're gonna be going up seven miles up a hill through two tunnels, and then we'll turn the locomotive around and then you'll come down the hill and uh, you get a whole new appreciation for gravity on the trip down. I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as part of this experience, you are literally in the engineer's seat with your hand on the throttle, hand on the brakes, blowing the whistle. You are in control of that locomotive. And it, the thing that I really love about that locomotive, uh, our steam locomotives, is there is a bronze brake handle and it's worn. And it's worn because engineers for over the past century have been using that brake handle to slow down the locomotive. And so you're joining this long progression of operators that have been doing it for over a century. And this is your opportunity to experience exactly what it was all about. And uh, it's just an amazing experience. And then we also have an experience that's very unusual. We call Railroad Reality Week, where we took a page from Mark Twain, uh, Huckleberry Finn, where you actually pay us to work like a dog on the railroad for a week. And as part of this experience, you will attend our rules class and uh, you have to pass a hundred question safety exam at the end of class. And then after that, we rotate you through operations where you actually help get a train up over the hill. And uh, then you work in the shop. So you see what it takes to keep these steam locomotives going. And then we also have you work out on the track. So you get a real ground level view of what steam railroading is all about. And at the end of the week, all of this comes together as you actually operate uh, one of our diesel locomotives and actually come down the track and couple to one of the railroad cars and then move that car onto an adjoining track. And uh, so you get the full experience of what railroading is exactly like. That's an and extraordinary concept. I love that. Oh, hearkening, yeah. hearkening back to Mark Twain. Now, in this experience, is there any painting of fences? <laughs> no, but we do have you paint rail cars. So that'll work. 
Yep, yeah. And uh, the other thing we found, uh, we've been offering this program for years, is that our mechanical staff saves the dirtiest jobs for the participants of Railroad Reality Week. And it's not because they're mean and nasty. What we found out is the participants, that's what they want to do. They want to get their hands dirty. And the dirtier the job, the happier they are. And so it's worked, it works out quite well for us and quite well for the participants. It is quite literally a once in a lifetime experience uh, to actually go back to how railroading was in the 20s and 30s. This is not make believe, it's not made up. It is. We've been doing it here for over a century, and this is exactly how we do it. And uh, it's it's really an immersion experience. Absolutely, that, and I'm tempted to say, Mark, that it's unique. I've never heard of anything comparable to it. There, there really, truly isn't anything quite like it, uh, and and that's because of our remoteness. You have to commit to come to the Nevada Northern Railway. We're truly not on the way to anywhere. You want to come here. And so what we try to do is, is make the trip worthwhile. And one of the things that we created uh, in the railroad track has to be inspected uh, twice a week. And during the day, they inspected the railroad track daily. And so they had what they called little speeders and uh, basically a go-kart with railroad wheels on it. And they'd run down the track. They got to the end of the track. Then they have to turn around and come back and they're blocking the track. Well, the uh, a company called Fermont came up with what they call the high rail. And it is an automobile that can operate on the highway or the railroad. And mm the high rail and the Nevada Northern purchased a 1956 Pontiac Chieftain station wagon to do the high rail experience and, or the high rail inspections. And uh, I wrote a history book on the railroad and a friend of mine sent me a picture of the Pontiac and I put it in the book and uh, a, a member of the museum called me up and said, Mark, did you know that was a 1956 Pontiac Chieftain station wagon? And I hadn't. And so I Googled 1956 Pontiac Chieftain station wagon, and there was one for sale in California. And so we purchased it to recreate. It's called High Rail 18. So this is another opportunity. You can come to the Nevada Northern Railway and actually operate a 1956 Pontiac Chieftain, not only on the road or the highway, but also on the railroad. It has little railroad wheels that drop down onto the rails in front of the front wheels and behind the rear wheels, and then away you go. That is amazing to me. I, Mark, I think that what I'm getting from our conversation is a lot of good information, of course, but there's a sense of presenting history, creating a tableau, but there's also this kind of loving attention to detail so that you do create an experience that's worthy of the descriptor immersive. 
It's something that it seems so comprehensive to me. I'm actually rather surprised if it were a nice museum with a couple of locomotives and it was presented and it's great. Ely is proud of it. That would have been enough for me just cruising through town. But this is a whole experience. And and that's what it is. It is a whole experience. We were talking about High Rail 18 getting into the 1956 Pontiac. And one of the things you do when you use a high rail vehicle the little wheels drop down, you straighten your front wheels, and then you lock the steering wheel. You don't touch the steering wheel anymore. We don't want your hands on the steering wheel. And so that is just because the guide wheels take care of everything. And if you touch the steering wheel, you could have the front drive wheels drop off. So, And so that's just like a very weird experience sitting in an automobile with your hands off the steering wheel. <laughs> but this is, you know, history, we fall into this trap of history being gates. And, uh, history isn't really gates. History is what people did and how they handled different situations. Uh, and that's the opportunity that that we give here. This uh, being the engineer on one of the steam locomotives, nothing happens quickly. In fact, uh, it takes us four hours from the moment we throw a match in the firebox until the locomotive rolls out the door. And that's because when you heat metal, it expands. And so the locomotive literally becomes larger as the fire goes, and we want that expansion controlled and equal throughout the locomotive. Because if we expand and heat something too quickly, it can break. And having something break on our 1909 steam locomotive, you know, going to the auto zone asking for parts, just it's not going to happen. So not feasible. Yeah. That's right. Not feasible. <laughs> so so a person can come and they can go in there with the crew at 6 a.m. in the morning and witness and assist with the lighting off of the locomotive. And then as the locomotive heats up, there's oiling. It's, you know, oil is cheap. And so we will oil everything repeatedly to make sure that, uh, you know, everything is nice and smooth. And so, again, you can you can participate in, in that. And then the crew will take it out of the house and get it ready for going down the track. Uh, Railroad Reality Week, uh, one of the experiences is driving spikes. You know, May 10th was the 152nd celebration of the 153rd celebration of the joining of the railroad at Promontory Point, Utah. You know, one of the things that uh, the Southern Pacific crews did is they built 10 miles of railroad track in one day. Wow. And it's a record that has never been broken. They did it by hand. And uh, so, you know, we say to you, yeah, they built 10 miles of track in one day. You go, okay, fine. Now we give you a spike mall and a spike and say, um, you need to uh, put in four spikes here on this one tie. And uh, let's face it, most of us are stuck behind desks. And so driving in four spikes gives you a real appreciation of what these people did in the middle of nowhere uh, in building 10 miles of track a day. So it, it, 
it gives you, a, a, you know, it reminds you that we are only here today because of the work that people have done before us. Beautifully stated, Mark. And in addition to that, I won a gentleman's bet because I said that at some point in this interview, Promontory Point, Utah was going to enter into the conversation. <laughs> Thank you for that. Very good. You're very welcome. Let's talk about a couple of annual events while we still have time. We've got a few minutes left here. I would love to, if I am in Ely, Nevada, and I would take pains to get there. I'm serious because this is the kind of thing that really turns me on. You have an annual haunted ghost train. Wow. I'm going to guess that's sometime around Halloween. Yes, it is. It's in October. And it basically, the train goes down the track and there are uh, about 18 vignettes. Uh, you might see UFOs. Sasquatch has been reported. Uh, witches and goblins are all just outside the train there. What an exceptional experience that would be. I would love to experience that. And let's not forget the Polar Express train. And, yep, you can come here and we load you up and we will take you to the North Pole to see Santa Claus. And people ask how can you do that? Well, our secret is we have the magic switch that will take us directly to the North Pole. This is so incredibly imaginative. You have every reason to be proud of what you have accomplished. And inside the museum, there, I imagine there, there are going to be just things that you can stop and look at, like at most museums. Oh. You go in and that's just, you're talking about some real Americana right there. You're not talking about a replication. This is the real no. stuff. This is, this is the real McCoy, which is a railroad term, by the way. Uh, yes. It, uh, and our museum is a little different. Instead of going into one building, you go into uh, three of the main buildings. We actually allow the public to go into the machine shop and the engine house. And you can witness the crews maintaining and repairing the locomotive really upfront and personal. I look forward to going there sometime. Mark Bassett, president of the Nevada Northern Railway Museum. It would be a pleasure to meet you in person and to have this immersive experience. I don't think I could come up with anything looking back over my entire life that would compare with it. So that is reason enough to go. And uh, again, take great pride in what you have accomplished and what you have preserved of American history in the state of Nevada. Correct. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to share our story. And if people want to meet up with you online, learn more, where do they go? NNRY.com. NNRY ry.com easy to remember correct mark bassett thank you sir it was a pleasure to meet you hopefully one day in person all right we look forward to it thank you fantastic thank you and thank you ladies and gentlemen for tuning into american road trip talk along with thomas and becky rep co-founders of american road magazine we remind you to visit our website americanroadmagazine.com to preview the current issue until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American road. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family 
and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com.